0: Hello and welcome to Do It Justice, your local bi-weekly podcast on which a guest speaker and I discuss three ideas, all in one umbrella theme, or as I like to call it, debate with a mate. Thank you for coming back to the seven episode, or if you're new, thanks for tuning in. Now today's guest speaker wants to keep their identity anonymous for their own privacy, but all views expressed are their own. So I just wanted to pop in here and add some um, comments that I forgot to add in um, in regards to the last week's episode, which was about um, feminism, toxic masculinity and men's mental health through um, the lens of a man. So um, I want to acknowledge that obviously some men slash boys do have friends they can reach out to. Um, the stigma isn't there for all men. I completely understand that. Not all men struggle with mental health problems as well. But by saying not all men, you are overlooking the major issues other men face and being ignorant to your clear privilege to be in an open and honest position with friends and family and undermining the issues other men face. Also, by saying that toxic masculinity does not exist in some ways, you are kind of proving my point. If you have the same opinion, you either come from a place of naivety and potentially privilege where you've not had any personal experience of it and thus you are subconsciously ignorant to it, or you come from a place of denial and are consciously ignorant to it. I'm not blaming men necessarily for being imbued with some or all of the traits linked to toxic masculinity, not at all. We are all, at the end of the day, a product of our society and our environment. But it is important to acknowledge them and add and um, to understand that the traits benefit no and they're, they're harmful. If you were someone who was triggered by a specific toxic trait mentioned, um, you need to question why. Also, Danny made a point about how men can also lose their virginity, you know, using the phrase. And absolutely, this is true. However, there is not the same historical stigma around men having sex as there is for women. Yes, for most part, people nowadays acknowledge that women do have sex, obviously. But the stigma and societal pressure of thousands of years of repression is still subconsciously present. Anyway, without further ado, um, I hope you enjoy this episode. I also want to give a disclaimer that this podcast will discuss racism, so if this is a trigger topic for you, this episode might not be your cup of tea. However, if you are triggered by things mentioned in this podcast, especially if you come from a place of white privilege, it is important to take a step back and question why you feel like that way so without further ado I want to welcome on the guest speaker.
1: Hi I come from a background of an ethnic minority.
0: Awesome so today we're going to discuss three ideas around race in general so the first one being cultural appropriation um, the second one being white privilege and the third being representation in the media so do you want to start off with your views on cultural appropriation and kind of your experience
1: of it? Um, I think cultural appropriation is a really controversial topic because different cultures do inspire the media and mainstream ideas, mm. food, clothes, etc. But sometimes it can be seen as ignorant because it it's other cultures taken away from people's traditions, just maybe for profit or just because it's turned into fashion over time.
0: Yeah, like kind of trendy almost.
1: Yeah, but before maybe it might have not been and mm. now it is. Yeah. So it kinda be offended, offensive.
0: I think it's hard to draw the line with cultural appropriation because like you say, um, often it comes from a place of admiration for a certain culture, but I think the issue stems and, and the reason why people do get offended about cultural appreciation is because of the fact that a lot of these things that are now celebrated by for example white people um were before you know before they were embraced by white people they were um kind of discouraged in people of um other ethnic minorities and stuff like that
1: no definitely and i think that is the reason why because because it's just fashionable now Mm. it's acceptable and maybe you forget and Maybe it wasn't admired years ago, but now because it's fashion, it is it's part of fashion and it inspires new different fashion trends.
0: Yeah I think that um, it's interesting because say for example, let's talk about um, self tanning, right? So like a lot of people, especially those in the media, a lot of these so-called like influencers, have been under fire because um, they've um, they tend to um, a claimed excessive amount and um, they've kind of looked like they're trying to assimilate um, people of colour or people from, like, darker races. What do you think about that?
1: No, it's hard because at the same time, they want to do that because if people of all cultures have, like, things they want to change about themselves, Mm. and for them, if it's being, like, tanned and darker, because now that's more seen as... I don't know, more admirable to be more tan. Yeah. Then fair enough, but then there's been cases where there's that term blackfish where people are really really dark.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and that it, yeah, that's the thing though, isn't it? It's because a lot of a lot of what people say when they come from an and I think minority um, background is that they um they are offended by it because yeah, you can take that off and you don't have the um You don't have the... You still have white privilege, but we um, come from a place where that is our skin tone and we are stuck with that. And, you know, in 10 years now, if that's not trendy, we're going to still have that, whereas you can just take it off and then continue with your white privilege.
1: No, yeah, I can see how that is a point and how they have the choice to do it where they can just change themselves Mm. and that be okay.
0: Yeah. And
1: depending on, like, fashion, it's just... It can it can be offensive because years ago, like in the fifties, nobody would dream of wanting to make themselves any darker.
0: Yeah, exactly. So where where do you think we draw the line or where do you think we should say that's enough?
1: Um, I think the line should be drawn when I've there's pictures on TikTok and Instagram for example where people would seriously make themselves so dark and make their hair curly. That's almost imitating somebody of colour. Yeah that kind of can be a bit too far.
0: So it's more about kind of... But then, I mean, so for example, I was just about to say, it's more about like cherry-picking certain features you like, but then is that not worse, the fact that you are just choosing from a culture what you like and what you don't like?
1: No, yeah, because it's like picking and choosing. Mm. But then arguably everybody does picking and choosing in loads of different cultures. But it's more... Self, like, take, fake tannin ends fine, but then maybe doing more things which adds to their appearance which makes them seem of a different colour yeah can all contribute to being offensive
0: yeah I think the worst thing like the worst thing you can do is be ignorant to that and be ignorant to the fact that you're not
1: doing that exactly and not seeing how it can be offensive to people
0: yeah exactly because like at the end of the day um it's all good and well like um taking things and you know borrowing things and wearing certain clothing but if you're ignorant to the background it comes from um then that that creates a different problem because then like say for example um say like you said curly hair right it's so, like really like tight curls like afro hair um like i have also seen on tiktok on youtube sometimes um girls who have done really really tight curly hair do you think that that kind of breeds, um, because like, like we just said, cherry picking. So white people saying, well, I like this feature of, of um, ethnic minority groups, but I don't like that. Do you think that breeds a sense of like self-hatred in people who have all these features?
1: Yeah, and it makes people think, why do you not want that feature? Why do you not want that feature? Yeah. But then at the end of the day, it's more just obliviousness and naive rather than malicious because people are wanting to make themselves in this way and they see it yeah like they admire it and they want to be that way but it's just sometimes looking at the bigger picture and maybe looking at the behavior and thinking is that really appropriate Mm. at times yeah then arguably the features that have like been taken you can't I don't know, change your nose, for example, mm. or completely change your hair tone. you only really change your skin colour.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's very true. But how do you... I think it's hard because as a white person, I have found that, I mean obviously that's because I come from a place of white privilege, but I have found that I've had to kind of go out of my way and research things. What would you say to people who are kind of anxious to maybe do their hair in really tight curls or, um, I don't know, they don't know where too far. Do you, do you know, like, how to advise people almost?
1: I think it's more of a question in yourself, like, why do I want to do it? Mm. Because if you know people are going to say things... Then it's how your response is. Because at the end of the day, anybody can do what they want. Who are we to tell people they can't do it? Right. But it's how you're going to react to people saying things. Because if deep down, you know, you're going to have people say, well, why are you doing that for? That's a bit... Yeah. ...unorthodox. But it... Obviously, people are just always going to say, well, I can do what I want kind of thing. Like, I'm not being racist. I'm not trying to be malicious. I'm not trying to do myself up to take the mick out of a race. But yeah. It's just more of a case of ignorance and just seeing it from another person's perspective.
0: I think, yeah, I completely agree. I think one of the ways in which you can avoid that as a white person or as someone from, say, for example, if you're from one minority and you're copying another minority because obviously that happens as well, I think maybe one of the things would maybe just um, supporting, like, businesses that are organically, they organically do that sort of stuff. Say, for example, if you get, like, I don't know, um, you you mentioned um, before this, before we started recording about box braids and stuff. Um, Do you think it's better that um, if, say, for example, I know um, for festivals, I have seen um, a lot of girls get box braids. Do you think it would be better for them to go to someone who has an actual cultural background in that to support them and to feed back into that community? Do you think that's better or do you think that's worse? No, I
1: think you're... I do think it is better, and it it it's dependent on the receiving and it depends on that person because one they might think, oh, why are they doing this like it might annoy them, but then on the other end they might see it as good and they want actual genuine help from somebody that has experience, yeah, so it's hard, it just depends on the person, but it it is better to rather than doing themselves and actually educating themselves on it, mm. which shows that they're interested. And it does help in that sector for smaller businesses that do it. Yeah, exactly. Because
0: a lot of the time, what happens is smaller businesses get ripped off by big, big corporations. Um, especially like I've seen it quite um a lot um in the media, where like small um minority, uh, minor minority ethn- ethnically owned businesses um get ripped off, and then uh, big businesses just don't give them any any um what's the word um like credit yes absolutely credit where credit is due i do think that's an issue yes so yeah
1: no yeah exactly and i think that's just as sad as it sounds i think that's just life and i think that's just the way things just are and will go when it is due but it's just the platforms that people are given really and the opportunities that are there for people because some there are some successes obviously and for example the black hair market hmm. actually is a really really good market because you we need it hmm. like it's but it is I'd argue it's a bit overpriced in comparison to other hair markets but it is a really expensive and a really good gap in the market to yeah. be honest and people do profit off it quite well
0: okay yeah that's I mean I remember you um said something about during quarantine how um black hair shops or something weren't open and how you like thought that that was essential do you think that that is like a bit of inherent racism within the government or what what do you think about that
1: (laughs) no i said it um no what it is is that i can still access it through amazon or go to asda etc but the ranges are extremely limited and i do think it's overpriced if i go to a shop, the black hair shop. It's not half as expensive. Okay, and even on Amazon, amazon's overpriced and everything. Like they went up in prices in maskers to masturbate at the beginning of um like the coronavirus. So, I think it is just a money making thing. Yeah, and you do have to look at the idea of statistics in regards to ethnic minorities, and they will turn around and just say it is, like, a vast majority of people that use more generic hair products mm. and whether it's the risk and can you still actually access it, which we can.
0: Yeah. OK. So
1: it's hard.
0: Yeah, I suppose... And I suppose you you made a good point about the fact that it kind of business is business at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. And I think that's how people are going to see it. And with it being written... And we are lenient. It. It's not like a really strict country like China, for example. Yeah. And we're already at a point where we can see people.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, should we move on to white privilege? Yes. Yeah. So, um my understanding of white privilege is the fact that... um whilst you may have had other um, hardships in your life uh, that might have made your life more difficult white privilege is the fact that your skin color has never been something that's prevented you to achieve is that are we do we are we on the same page or have you got a different interpretation of it
1: no yeah I think it's just your skin color puts you at a disadvantage at times
0: yeah and there's a really good quote um that says when you're accustomed to privilege equality equality can feel like oppression what do you think of that
1: well, it's it's saying that some like right. So, for example, they now you have more diversity. They kind of almost have quotas in workplaces, etc. Yeah. To have more people of color, hmm. and then maybe they think, oh, we can't do that, maybe because it might seem racist, etc. And give, yeah, try and give people more opportunities of color. However that might hinder a white person and they might not have the opportunity. So that's kind of saying it almost oppresses them because they've not had the opportunity. But then, at the same time, I think white privilege is difficult because as much as race comes into play, I think it is to do with wealth and socioeconomic background. Because okay. as much as you can say a white person that grows up in West Bridgeford, for example, mm. they're going to have more opportunities... Than someone that grows up more in the inner city that went to a school that's not maybe as good. Mm. They're both white, but they are going to end up different because of their background.
0: Yes, but white privilege is the fact that their race hasn't made made their life difficult.
1: But then, I'd say there's like subcultures and races. So you have that stereotype of a working class white person who mm. maybe doesn't try as hard, not as clever, and just. A bit of a bum. I'm not saying I agree with that stereotype. I'm just saying that's yeah. there. So maybe in a work interview, depending on on people's views, that person that comes in that presents themselves not very well, maybe their like their dialect isn't great and their mm. use of vocabulary and presents himself, and straight away you can see what kind of person it. Comparison to somebody of color that may dress a bit more full, maybe. Um, they even might have better GCSEs, for example. Yeah. Comparing that together, that actually would give the person of colour an advantage if you're taking it from paper and if you're thinking for the job rather than looking at it bias depending on someone's views.
0: OK, yeah. I think that's interesting. I've never thought about it like that. Um, but how, how often do you think that actually happens in real life, though? Um...
1: It's difficult because I would say in the UK, in comparison to America, for example, is, I wouldn't say, is bad in regards to that. And nowadays, it is very qualification-based on Mm. what you've done. And arguably, I'd say people of colour do strive and try to have good careers and good jobs. Yeah. In comparison to some maybe white people that have different backgrounds. But then do you think similar... that's
0: Do you think that's because there's more pressure on them to succeed and not, I don't know, bum around and be unemployed? Do you think that's because there's inherent racism within society?
1: Yeah, I think that is a way to overachieve and they feel like they have to try hard. Mm-hmm. But then I do think that comes from, like, cultural backgrounds. OK. Where people are growing up to like have a good career like yeah statistically people like black people go into sociology psychology and the science uh, for like um degrees Mm. at university so i think it it really does depend on somebody's background and cultural factors to put determining where you have that fine line between the like really rich for example Mm. and that is hard to get into it's quite exclusive and that is where the issues would appear but i wouldn't say in the uk it's it's bad because in america in comparison it is scary i would not want to live in certain places in america no
0: Completely. I mean, we got a question from Zara, um, kind of about the denial of racism in the UK, because like you just said, racism in the US is more overt, isn't it?
1: Yeah, almost. I think it's better that it's overt. It's harsher, but it's more there and true, and yeah. people cannot acknowledge it. Whereas in England, it's more subtle, and not necessarily intended at times. At times it could just happen because of people's subconscious attitudes, etc.
0: Yeah. Or the way that
1: the like world works or depending on where people live because ethnic minorities tend to live in similar areas in different cities
0: i definitely think you've got you are on to something when you say subconsciously because i do think subliminally we are we have been fed a lot of things in the media in society i mean we'll go on about to, to talk about representation in the media but i do think that affects uh, decisions more than we could ever acknowledge because i yeah i just think that um like i myself i'm not going to sit here and say that i've not i'm not going to have thoughts that aren't like, I'm not, an, I'm not trying to say I'm racist, but what I mean is that subconsciously, the way we've all been coded or, um, you know, programmed by society has made um, us be slightly more inherently or subconsciously racist than we'd ever like to admit. And I I think the most important thing is that you kind of are open about that and you, you acknowledge that because, like you say, in the US, racism is such an easy thing to be like that's racist, you can't say that. Whereas in the UK I do think it's a lot less obvious and a lot um a lot harder to identify.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it's almost uh what like a bad word like you're really gonna say racist because unless some in our eyes, unless somebody overtly says a racist statement to somebody, yeah. You can't really say anything because what have they done through their actions that's your interpretation for the actions and Mm. I do think we do base a lot on stereotypes rather than actual racism the stereotypes in every different ethnic minority I would say I'm at fault if I see somebody of person of colour sometimes it does spring to mind different stereotypes that are out there
0: yeah exactly and and like like, um, should we go on to discuss media? Because like I think it is very important the way that uh, people are represented because that is what feeds into... And, and like you say, if you come from a place um, uh, in an area where you're not around a lot of people of colour um, and you're not around, like, different um, ethnicities, you're not going to know much about them unless you go out of your way or you just see them in TVs and movies and stuff.
1: Yeah, no, exactly, and then it builds up a false representation and allows sometimes people to just believe that these stereotypes are true. Yeah. My argument with stereotypes though is in order for it to become a stereotype it must happen repeatedly to okay. become a trend because where is it i don't think one time one thing happened and someone's going to take that for gospel and say well that whole group's like kind of like no smoke without fire. Exactly. And there has to be positive and negative stereotypes of all different ethnic minorities. There just has to be a repeatedly amount of times for these things to be happening for a reason. That's a really good point. But do you not think some of the stereotypes that we see
0: in the media are a bit outdated?
1: Yeah, I do think they are outdated and things are changing, but stereotypes stick very well Hmm. and they aren't forgotten, really? No. People, what kind of stereotypes do you think are outdated?
0: Well, um, for example, you have, like, um, the stereotypes of, I'm trying to word myself very carefully here, but, like, say, for example, this isn't about people of colour, but you have some stereotypes of white people who are um, lazy and unemployed and don't do anything um, or don't move out of, like, their homes and they live with their parents and stuff. That's like something I've seen. I'm just kind of <laughs> almost thinking of Little Britain, but uh, Little Britain is extremely, it's awful, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there are some outdated stereotypes. I do think that things are changing, but the thing with stereotypes is people like to, they like to label, they like to make things easily identifiable, don't they? And by giving people stereotypes, they're making it easy to, to kind of understand people
1: yeah no exactly and it is it is becoming a more outdated stereotype because everyone's moving up in the world people are just getting richer yeah that's like even the minimum wage is going up yeah but it it is still prevalent and if you look at statistics i do think all these stereotypes are still there but then in the media for example shows like little britain shameless benefit street just fuel this idea and give people some form of edited insight into mm. what it's like and from those dress codes people may be wearing track suits or act in a certain way that they've associated with these stereotypes yeah makes it people feel easier for them to see and identify and think oh well they're like this there like that
0: yeah it's kind of almost a a very poor attempt at understanding and almost connecting with people of different backgrounds
1: yeah I agree and it's obviously just what someone's dressed like and their their upbringing doesn't define somebody but that's the world that we live in and that's how we identify people through their appearance through their dress codes
0: yeah that's how
1: we see the world
0: yeah, exactly. And um, you, you made before we started recording, you made a good point about um, Black Panther and that kind of movie. So, should we talk about that kind of stuff for now, like a, a full black cast slash a full white cast, how it's treated differently?
1: Yeah, I feel as if you have um, attempts to create diversity in like Hollywood and the media industry, mm. but it just shows that the fact that it's an all-black cast and it's heavily, like, known mm-hmm. is just kind of a reminder that not everybody is equal sometimes and we need that all-black cast to, to seem successful. Like, it was a really big success. Yeah, it was a major, then it- major hit but likewise you've got nollywood which is the hollywood version of nigeria and bollywood which is the hollywood version of india yeah and in order for them to do like well in the media industry um they have their own kind of like hollywoods because i think it's also to do with a mainstream americanization idea as well because that's where all the big films are made very westernized ideas yeah and apart from maybe UK Britain and Canada Australia they're the main countries that I would say are featured in the media industry and they plug all these ideas mm. that is globalized yeah and it takes up takes away like other cultures for example and Creates this kind of idea of what should maybe be in the media
0: yeah but i suppose you could argue that um, <clears throat> say for example um you have like bbc production right that produces i don't know 10 20 series a year and their production um is predominantly it predominantly um kind of explores western culture because the audience is predominantly westernized what do you think about that
1: no, and that is true because at the end of the day, it is a company and you need to produce things that are going to appeal to an audience, yeah. a mainstream audience. And likewise, that reflects on their cast and their choice of characters. Would It can be predominantly white because we do, at the end of the day, live in a predominantly white country. So yeah. why are you not going to reflect the people that you're also um, trying to appeal to. Yeah. Which is an argument that I can completely understand. Yeah, it's
0: about about accurate representation, isn't it? Like, reflecting the population in every single sector.
1: Exactly, and it's also hard to do that, because people do argue, oh, why is there not more people of colour in it? Then people might think, oh, well, they've just put that one character in there to just seem diverse and people may not like that. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, token characters, totally. Exactly, then people may argue when they do put characters in it, the stereotype representations are a bit tasteless. So they could argue, producers could argue that well, how can they win in this situation? Because it's always going to be at fault every time.
0: But I question why, because I think genuinely, it was like when H&M made that jumper and they had like a black boy and he was advertising it and on the jumper said something like monkey or i can't remember the exact quote and people mm. were outraged right because obviously there's major negative connotations with the word monkey and how that's been thrown against people of color and people were saying how how could M H&M be so insensitive but a very valid point was made that if there were someone of like a person of color on the marketing board that mistake wouldn't have been made so then people why can't we argue well yeah um Keep, keep these um, Black um, or Asian characters coming in um, the TV programmes, but make sure that you've got someone who's Black or Asian monitoring it and making sure that it's not um, culturally inappropriate or it's not a stereotype.
1: No, definitely. And I can see that it's also a really good point how you need to have people of all cultures and backgrounds, um, especially in the media industry and, like, marketing, inputting and overlooking how different people are going to interpret it but at the same time that's someone's interpretation there was no malicious intent they're a big company they want to sell clothes but that's someone's interpretation seeing it like that and drawing it like that it's all how people see it so that person deciding to do that and creating it into a thing that is where the deal has been made. Fair enough, it should have been seen, because that's quite obvious not to miss, Hmm. but making it into that thing, that still is a child that was in that photo.
0: Yeah, I think that's a very good point, because it's like um, some people um, on the opposite end reacted saying, well, you're looking for the racism and you're looking for slurs. There was no um, malicious intent there and you're making a big deal out of nothing. But the the fact of the matter is that it was... uh, like I, I just think it's important that H and M like acknowledged it and stuff because it is ignorant and it can cause more problems. And if anything, it, it's kind of extenuating preconceived um, stereotypes or it's um, extenuating I don't, I don't know, like racist views.
1: You know? Yeah, it's I could people could argue that it's like fueled it, mm. but at the end of the day. If that was on a white person, uh, so I think it's a cheeky little monkey, yeah. that is a very, if anything, that's just a very stubborn, stereotypical little boy thing that's just kind of channeling them into being a little mischievous little boy. Yeah. That's what it was saying. But it's because of just that choice of word. But that phrase is kind of a well-known phrase anyways in regards to associating with little boys that mess around Mm. so it's i think it was all about how people saw it and it was in a time of where people vocalize themselves more and twitter became more of a a a platform platform to say these things
0: yeah exactly i mean the, the the fact of the matter is that um if if you and i were both on a media thing or both on a advertising thing and um you saw something that you thought was racist i would not necessarily pick up on that and it's just about inviting those people into the workplace uh, people of um, ethnic minorities so that we can understand and appreciate it from different points of view i think as long as you're making that conscious effort there's no harm that can be done
1: exactly Um, looking around but then again The question is, why is it always such an issue? What do you mean? Race, just in general. Like, it's always going to be an issue. There's always... You've always got to be... For example, a white person's point of view is, oh, I've got to be tentative, perhaps. Maybe I can't say this thing, they don't want to take it the wrong way. Like, they can't say things. Yeah. And maybe people of colour might look out for things that people say, take it the wrong way. It's always just going to be a really hard topic to navigate around and act around, I think, forever, because people are different and people have been trapped differently over time, Yeah, which fuels this constant uncertainty, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Like, I was talking to... um, a friend of mine and he was saying how he's often reluctant to talk about race because I feel like it can be quite a minefield and um, I don't know when people are reluctant to talk about their views I often question why because it's like surely you would only be reluctant because you're worried that you're gonna offend someone and if you're worried you're gonna offend someone why would you offend someone if you're saying things that are fine and and PC and like okay, do you know what I mean? But I do, I do completely agree. I think that there's always going to be a bit of stigma attached to it, and it's unfortunate. But the only thing we can do is just discuss and have these open discussions. Because if we don't, we're at like we're at um, square one again.
1: No, yeah, it is a position where you feel like oh, I just talk about that, go down that, that yeah. road. It is because people's views are so different, and they think even this podcast literally talking about race might be like oh why why are you talking about that kind of thing and exploring it but it's such a big thing
0: yeah I just think it's a big thing and I don't know like like I say I come from a place of white privilege and so I all the time really I kind of feel almost inappropriate talking about race obviously I can talk about my own race but yeah I just I just think it's tricky to navigate and we just have to be uber careful
1: No, definitely. But the whole point of white privilege, I associate white privilege more with cultural capital. Okay. Because nowadays I struggle, as I gave you the example previously, I struggle to say, if you come into a work interview, a person of colour with really good qualifications dressed more formally in comparison to somebody with not as good qualifications, yeah. dressed a bit informal and present themselves not great, to me, the person of colour would just get the job Absolutely, because yeah. they've got more, more intelligence, they've got more power, they've got better qualification. Mm. And with all of that, knowledge and power brings you into a better position in comparison to less rather than colour because I think that is something that is... Quite important, yeah. In par in comparison to race, obviously race does come into play and it has affected things. But but I think it's such a big issue now. People are so careful and tentative of it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And then people will say, well, we've gone too far. We're we're um kind of silencing ourselves a bit too much, you know.
1: Yeah, and there's I saw on some girls' Instagram she was arguing like why am I being punished for something my ancestors may have done And okay. that's fair enough but it's it's the way that it's been carried through over time and how it's affected people like further generations views. Yeah. Because then that's the argument why we why sometimes potentially white people are Disadvantaged, or maybe not given things, or thinking, well, they don't deserve that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I think at the end of the day, all we all we can do is do our own research and um kind of understand where we come from, and that we're not necessarily. And I don't say this is in. I'm not saying this is in white people are elite, but I don't necessarily think we are on an equal footing, um, in regards to like race, because I do just think there is still quite a lot of subliminal messages and. And stuff like that, but I do think we've made a lot of progress. But obviously, it's the same with anything. There's there's so much progress to be made, and there's there's still a lot of inherent views within society that permeate kind of every single layer.
1: No, yeah, exactly. And I do think, but there's been like massive progress. Could you imagine sixty years ago? It would be very very different. Exactly. But it's more become of the thing. What I I like to say sometimes is that there's different issues because more the LGBTQ community Mm -mm. is a bigger issue. It's a bigger, controversial, like, group. And I'd say the attention's been drawn more toward that and more how people navigate that rather than race. I feel like race, obviously it's not. It just feels more like an older controversial Debate. subject i feel like people have slowly just come into it and that's just the way things are things are said over time and i definitely think this in the uk though not in america in yeah. america it's still a very obvious problem but i feel like it's bigger black like transgenders as well i feel like that is more of an issue where people need to accept it i think race has been accepted yeah i think i think that i agree
0: But I saw a TikTok and it was like, yeah, whilst like women have gained like the majority of the right, like all rights that men have now, like legally and stuff like that, like you cannot get rid of the hundreds of years of like, like stigma or I don't know, um, disadvantages. So I completely agree. I think quite frankly, there is like a tiny, tiny, tiny percent of the population who are overt racists um, and the rest of people are obviously we're all integrated together and stuff. But, yeah, I think there's still underlying stuff. But I, I completely agree. I do think that the spotlight has been put on other, potentially more prevalent prevalent issues within society.
1: Yeah, and even with the feminism thing with women, it just feels like, over time, these groups are... You just... slow like, 1900s, women were seen as inferior. Hmm. Now, they're equals. Obviously, there is parts of sexism. There's so much on that conversation but it's not, it wasn't as big as race, and then race became a thing, and then now sexuality is more of a thing, yeah. and sexual orientation, and it's as if it's just tolerated and accepted, and it's more, it's not more of an issue, because people, majority of people have accepted it, and accepted differences, where this, like transgenders, and the LGBTQ plus community, is people need to still get their head around it, I do think, there's a large percentage of people that don't agree with it. I'm not saying I don't. Hmm. I'm just saying it's still a constant issue, and even homosexuality, I still think, is an issue. And how the things are involving men with makeup and stuff. Yeah. But then that whole debate and how people react towards that in comparison to race, is very different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Well, I think we've discussed um kind of the a few different facets within race and stuff like that but I've really enjoyed having you on and you've definitely proved quite a few good points to me especially I really um the one that resonates with me the most is about like stereotypes like there's no smoke without fire so I think we've all had a bit of food for thought Uh, but thank you so much for coming on and giving me a bit of your time thank you very much for having me you're welcome I'll speak to you later bye bye So thank you so much for listening to the end as always I'm always open for criticism remarks comments any ideas or questions you want to be discussed in the next episode so thank you for having kind of giving me feedback because it's a way I can grow and make sure that this podcast is sensitive to all different walks of life um, if you enjoyed the podcast please share it on your social medias I really appreciate it and um, stay safe see you later